The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Great morning to everyone. Thank you all for coming. I first would like to thank uh, the Honorable, the Mother, Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson, uh, for opening up the doors of this wonderful house of worship for this historic uh, occasion. If we can just give her a round of applause. We so, so appreciate you. And so we are gathered today to begin the journey for real and meaningful progress towards repairing the damage and the harm done to African-American descendants of slaves, uh, people in our country, with the announcement of the first ever City of Detroit Reparations Task Force. The first ever. We all know that African-Americans have been unjustly enslaved, segregated, murdered, brutalized, incarcerated, denied housing and mortgages, displaced, faced redlining, environmental injustices, gentrification, and more. The enslavement and overall persecution of black people has enriched our country and created disparities in income, wealth, and education. Evidence of this systemic racism are still present today. The case for reparations can be made on economic, social, and moral grounds. And while legislation in Washington has remained stalled, state and local governments are breathing new life into the reparations movement and taking the issue into their own hand. And I am so glad that we as a city today are now joining that local movement, paving the way. Yes paving the way to uh, stimulate economic growth and opportunity in the area of reparations. So the members of this task force will be researching the harm done to Detroiters through slavery, through the systemic racism practices of the past and present, and armed with the information that the task force will produce. City council members, myself, we will start educating the community and engaging to figure out what the community wants as it relates to reparations in Detroit. I want to pause and just uplift all of the community members, organizers, activists, leaders, who really started this conversation years ago uh, and really built the, the, uh, the momentum from the ground up to where we are today. In 2021, myself, along with the Michigan Democratic Caucus, uh, placed this question on the ballot regarding the creation of the Reparations Task Force. Yes. More than 80% of Detroiters turned out and supported the creation of this task force focused on housing and economic development programs. I would like to use this opportunity to make one thing abundantly clear. This work is not about handouts. It is about quantifying and acknowledging the pain and the suffering of our ancestors and our people. It is about creating generational wealth 
in creating economic mobility and opportunity in the black community. As we stand just mere blocks from the former home of the mother of the civil rights movement, Rosa Parks, the pursuit of reparations represents paying homage to those who struggled to get us this far by faith, fortitude, and direct action. It is all our sincere hope that the recommendations coming from this task force will move us towards a more just and equal society and level the playing field for residents who have suffered through racism and discrimination for centuries. While the task force, per the ballot initiative, has been charged with making recommendations around housing and economic development programs, they will have a latitude and freedom to examine all potential forms of reparations. Some of the brightest minds have been assembled to tackle this enormous task, and for that, I am supremely confident that the work will be done expeditiously and thoroughly. It is long overdue. It is long overdue for the assessment and the creation of meaningful and tangible economic benefits for, to uh, repair the systemic disadvantages and damages that have taken place in this city, in this country for generations. And so again, I wanna thank everyone for getting us to where we are today. And I know that if we continue to work together, we will bring true reparations for our people. Thank you. Thank you. And now I would like to bring up none other than the incomparable, the honorable Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson. Thank you very much, President Mary Sheffield. Thank you to the city council members. Thank you to the members of the Reparations Task Force. Thank you to the media. Thank you to the community for being present. Reparations is indeed a significant priority and it's a long-term priority for the city of Detroit. This is the same city where the Nation of Islam was founded, largely based on reparations issues. This is the same city where the Shrine of the Black Madonna was founded, largely based on reparations priorities. This is the same city where the Republic of New Africa was founded, largely based on reparations priorities. This is the same city where the Honorable Coleman Alexander Young became the first black mayor practicing reparations and during his administration by making sure that we had for every black, every white person who led a city department, there was a black person leading a city department. For every person who was male leading a city department, there was a female leading a city department. He practiced that and he made sure that there were people who looked like me getting contracts with the largest department, the water department. He made sure that they were able to participate during the bid process. He did that out of his commitment to his people. So who are we? Who are we? We're standing on the shoulders of those who have paved the road for us to be here to take care of our people. I'm proud of Detroit. As we, as we think about reparations issues, they could include repaying the overassessed property taxes. Repay the descendants of Black Bottom for the assets that were destroyed. Repay Detroit citizens who have been over-assessed water fees, forced to pay retail rates for water, while the suburban customers pay wholesale rates for water. We need to repay the billions of dollars that have been stolen from the Detroit public schools. We need to repay city pensioners who had their pensions cut during the illegal bankruptcy. 
We need to repay tax abatements given to corporations who made claims they were going to do stuff for the city that they never did. Come on, somebody. We need to restore Belle Isle to the city because Belle Isle was given to the state illegally. You cannot give an asset to the state when they owe you money. The state still owes the city revenue sharing money and has not paid. We need to demand that the unlawful water authority be disengaged because it was put into place the authority during an emergency manager's tenure. Emergency man managers were unconstitutional, illegal, and the citizens said they should not be. We need to recover all the public dollars invested in both these stadia downtown. We need to repay billions of HUD dollars that were intended for citizens of Detroit that never got to the citizens of Detroit. I don't know what vault they're keeping it in, but we need to find it. Help me now. We need to enable residents to gain financial literacy, home ownership, open small business, and help those who need to re-enter our community. Free community college, subsidized childcare, subsidized auto insurance, redlining is illegal, subsidized DDOT access, give homeless and housing insecure people city-owned property to build them back on the tax base. We need to compel hands to pay land's true value with all the legalities in force. We need to reimburse and compensate everyone harmed by the illegal bankruptcy, the unconstitutional emergency manager, bank foreclosures, and related issues. We need to return land bank payments to citizens who bid on properties that were ultimately unable to own the properties due to their slow rehabilitation. That's just a beginning. <laughs> That's just a beginning. That is only the beginning of the work we have to do. And nobody can do it better than Detroit. Hey. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson, who is on the executive committee. We will now bring up uh, the executive committee co-chairs, starting with uh, Keith Williams. Good morning, everyone. First, I want to uh, give honor to God who make days like this possible. Also, I want to thank my friend, Joanne, uh, Reverend Joanne Watson, former city council member, she inspired me. I, called, I talked to Joy numerous times what I was trying to do, and she said, go with it, Keith. Yes. God is in your hands, and you can make this work. So I want to personally thank you. <laughs> Although the late, great John Conyers is not here yes, yes. with us today, he's with us in his spirit. And that's why this day is made possible, because of John Conyers' work. Today starts the day of rebuilding and repairing the harm that was caused by racist practices executed by the white majority against African Americans from the 1900s to the present day, especially from 1930 to 1960 when gentrification, labeling Black Bottom as, uh, urban, uh, as a slum so they can use urban renewal money to create, uh, get federal dollars to create a freeway system that ultimately replaced Black Bottom. But the most important thing, black people lost wealth through these practices, and they hindered economic growth from generations to generations. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Okay. I am extremely proud to be associated with the visionary civic and political leadership 
of Detroit Council President, the Honorable Mary Sheffield. We ought to give her a round of applause because she made this thing happen. Then I want to give Mary Sheffield and the rest of the task force that consists of Lauren Hood, Dorian Tyus, and Council President and Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson. Finally, I am proud of the executive committee from the Michigan Democratic Party Black Caucus for their role in helping making Proposal R become a reality on the city of Detroit on a national and international stage by making this the first successful reparation ballot initiative in the history of the United States. But what I'm so proud of is the citizens of Detroit, the citizens of the city of Detroit, because they spoke with their vote. They spoke with their vote. By by putting this ballot initiative and making it a winning initiative in the November election of 2021. Folks, do you realize the ballot initiative won by 80% of the vote? Mm -hmm. That's right. We made history by going the ballot initiative route instead of going through the legislative process because we wanted the citizens to participate and face, and face impossible odds getting reparation passed. The citizens of the city of Detroit spoke in the rest is history. And I want to leave you with this thought. I wake up this morning looking at TV, and I hear about Ukraine, all the money we're spending, billions and billions of dollars. Last week, I'm on, on Facebook, on Zoom, watching the billionaires trying to use library to millage money so we can get more, then get more wealth in, this, in, in, the city, in the city of Detroit. And I said this to myself, if we can use money for them, why can't we use money for us? This is the time for us to rebuild and repair the lost souls and the people that was hurt by all these practices that was, put, that was thrown against black folks during those times. And I'm saying time out. Time out for this. We got a chance to make Detroit work for us once again. God bless you and God bless Detroit. Right. We are now going to bring up co-chair uh, Lauren Hood. Thank you, everybody. Such a dynamic company uh, <laughs> we're keeping today. Um, I approach this work from a little bit different angle. I'm a little more low-key. I'm a, I'm a deep thinker. I do my best work organizing one-on-one -on -one in secret locations behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> so I might not be as forceful and direct in my speech, but trust that I am doing the work somewhere. <laughs> and it, it, it will bubble up and have an impact. Um, I want to first say, acknowledge, we didn't arrive here solely as a result of our own efforts over these past couple years. People have been talking about reparations since emancipation. So I just want to acknowledge the work that's been done by all those before us. I don't want to um, belittle this moment, but we are a blip in the timeline of Americans trying to get in right relationship with one another. And what I want people to understand about reparations is that it's a process, it's a journey, it's not a destination. The process of harming black and indigenous peoples has transcended multiple generations. That means the process of repair will likely transcend multiple generations. And the benefits awarded should have a value that transcends multiple generations. <laughs> 
So therefore, we are not talking about a one-time payout, but a paradigm shift in the kinds of policies and practices that govern our communities from this moment on. So my ask is that people be patient so that we can get the full value of what we deserve. Uh, we are not here, you know, our task force to decide in isolation what that is. We are here to steward the process of engaging as many people as possible in this conversation. And for folks that say it will never happen, <laughs> just to get to this moment was somebody's wildest dream. <laughs> Can you imagine what freedom looked like to a slave? People were like, that's impossible. That would never happen. So anybody who in this moment thinks that reparations are not possible, look what we've done so far. And the question that I hope that we will answer is what might be possible now? Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Hood. We will now bring up Executive Committee member uh, Dorian Tyus. Thank you, Council President Sheffield, uh, to members of the City Council and the Executive Task Force. Uh, it's a pleasure to serve with you. Um, to the citizens of Detroit, it is a privilege to be able to serve you as a member of this task force. I saw up close how black people are often targeted and attacked through racist narratives that have then been leveraged to try to justify policies that harm their community. With that in mind, I'm excited to embark on this important work of repairing past harms and building towards a brighter future. We are going to hit the ground running, and we have a lot of work to do given the long history of exploitation of black Detroiters. That means educating residents in the region at large about that painful history. We also need meaningful change in the system itself. I am confident that this task force will be unified and steadfast in our charge and will be committed to, one, delving deep into this issue in a meaningful way, two, take concrete steps to repair past harms, and three, make substantial progress and lay a foundation that builds an inclusive future that Detroiters can be proud of for generations to come. By the conclusion of this project, my hope is that this task force will be able to present a set of concrete policies recommendations to City Council that, if implemented, will meaningfully address some of these deeply rooted economic, housing, and social injustices. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, and now I would like to recognize uh, the support and work of all of my colleagues. City Council, I would not be here or could not have done this without uh, my colleagues. And so I want to acknowledge those who are here today, Council Member at Large, Mayor, Member Waters, Councilmember Callaway, District 2, Councilmember Santiago Ramiro, and Councilmember Letitia Johnson. And I'm going to allow you all to speak if you want. Um, I do want to mention that we have three of the members of the Internal Operations Standing Committee uh, chaired by Councilwoman Johnson, who really worked extremely hard to get the interviews done, to make sure that this task force was seated. Our goal was to have it seated by the end of African American History Month. And we are here. <laughs> the last Friday of the month. And so we thank you for the work that you ladies do in committee. And I'm going to invite you all up to say a few words. 
Thank you all so much. Uh, thank you, Council President Sheffield. Um, it was our privilege to take the opportunity to interview these amazing individuals. Uh, I want to say thank you to each one of you for your experience, for your background, for bringing all of your knowledge and your work to this task force because what I heard during those interviews, I was absolutely floored. I was excited. I knew that what is coming out of this task force is nothing short of phenomenal. Listen, they had me so excited to uh, just, just listen to them and them talking about their background and their history. In this line of work said to me that we are going to develop something extremely impactful for the residents of the city of Detroit that is so deserving to our residents. And so I'm looking forward to the community engagement, looking forward to all of your experiences coming into the fold to create something dynamic for our residents. And I'm looking forward to this legislative of body implementing yeah. the work that comes out of this task force. So from, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all for stepping up and agreeing to be on this task force to lead this work. And I'm just looking forward to what's to come. Thank you. Okay, I got you. All right, so give it up for the city council members again. I'm telling you, every single one of them was eager to get this task force seated. I also want to recognize Councilmember Durhall's office is here. We are in his district. He wanted to be here. He couldn't be here. He had a coffee hour uh, with his constituents, but we are all united on the same uh, front as it relates to reparations. So thank you to all of the city council members. I, I now want to bring up the founder and uh, president of New Era Detroit, Zeke Williams, to speak a little bit from the community's perspective. He has been on the ground doing work around reparations for quite some time, and so I would like him to come up and say a few words. How y'all feeling? I like to hear powerful, but we'll go with what y'all say. Um, I'm one of them people in the city of Detroit that's uh, absolutely not afraid to talk black uh, in this city um, and across the country, uh, really, and especially when it comes to uh, what's owed to us and reparations. I feel like um, if we really think about it, and, I, I, and this is what I try to get, you know, some of the younger generations to kind of understand uh, when it comes to this country um, and when it comes to the foundation of America, uh, I try to put into perspective of generations, right? So um, let's say that they utilize the standard of a full generation as 30 years, right? So if we take, what, uh, 1492 um, all the way until uh, 1865 um, when the uh, 13th Amendment was passed, um, that was supposed to abolish slavery, but we all know how that went for another 100 years. But just into, I want to put this into perspective for everybody, for white people, for black people, to understand why there's such a huge uh, wealth gap uh, in our community between black people and between white people. I said from 1492 to 1865, that's 12 and a half generations of wealth building in this country off of free black labor, free black labor for 12 and a half generations. So that's getting, so, so that's 
12 and a half grandfathers, 12 and a half fathers passing down generational wealth to their people while we're working for free. We built this country for free. The White House, we built for free. Everything that y'all see in this country of status and symbolization was built on the backs of free labor by slaves in this country. So reparations is always on the table. And I want to go even a step farther if we go another 100 years to when the Civil Rights Act uh, was passed uh, back in, um, when was that, 1964? Uh, uh, um, that's a 16 generations of wealth building. So we all already know what happened in that hundred years when we tried to, there were communities being built like Black Wall Street, Black Bottom here in the city of Detroit that was tumbled over and burned and tore down by white folks even when we tried to get a leg up. So what I'm telling y'all today is, is we stand here at at 2023, which is almost 20 generations of wealth building for white people in this country. And I want y'all to understand this. In this country, for us, it's only technically been 59 years since the Civil Rights Act. That's not even a whole two generations of wealth building. So what I really want to put into perspective is the understanding of how we get all of these rich billionaires that don't look like us, that's coming to our cities and our communities, that's building, and they got a leg up, and we getting pennies and crumbs. That's been by design. It's not because we not capable. It's not because we not able. We the same people who built the pyramids. We the same people who is the original people in this country. So we are very well capable, and even for us to be here standing today, after all that we have been through, and I applaud everybody up here, you know, for taking a stance on the on reparations because it's something that's very serious and it's something that has to happen. So from us, my organization, New Era Detroit, we stand behind y'all 110 toes down, and we are looking looking forward to see, you know, what we can do moving on. Uh, as far as the next generations to come. Because when you got 16 plus generations with a leg up, of course we gonna be in a situation, but we old, flat out. It ain't nothing to talk about. We old, let's figure out how we gonna make this right and let's get it together. You already know what it is, all power to the people. All right, so lastly, uh, I wanna bring up Sydney Calloway, who is the daughter of our colleague, Councilmember Calloway, and we are excited to have a, a young woman, a youth perspective, and so we'll bring you up to say a couple of words. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's an absolute honor to be here. It's such a privilege. And um, really briefly, my passion for this work comes from the last five years of my life, my activation as an abolitionist, and just knowing and understanding that my role in this is to carry on the torch that's been passed to me. Um, it's time for me to take a step back and to really absorb the history behind me and to ensure that we get what we deserve and more, moreover. So really, really appreciate all the votes of confidence behind me, really appreciate the team that I'll be working with and learning from as we take this, these steps forward, and um, just really appreciate and look forward to getting this work done. going to wrap up the press conference. I do want to just recognize everyone that is on the committee, though, just so that we can at least mention your name. Uh, so we have Reverend Joanne Watson, uh, Keith Williams, Lauren Hood, Dorian Tyus, Alan Venerable, 
uh, Jeffrey Robinson, Camille Collins. I'm sorry, if you all can just raise your hand too if you're here, if I'm, I don't wanna go too fast. Bernard Parker, Gregory Hicks, Janice Hazel, and we've just heard from Sydney Calloway, and Anita Bell, and Maurice Weeks. All right, give it up for you all for all of our faithful servants. And thank you. With that, we will uh, take any questions that you all may have. I just want the public to know that this is something new. Uh, we are in the process of trying to launch the first meeting for March. Uh, everything will be public. It will be streamed online um, and open to the general public to attend. Um, and we're looking at launching a City of Detroit website for reparations where everything will be housed there for people to get information. Um, but please be patient, as Lauren mentioned, as we are still trying to wrap our hands around this entire process. So is there any questions? So, I, I mean, just like any process, they would make recommendations to us. We would have to have, of course, our legal department and corporation counsel sign off on whether or not it is legal or not. Um, but I'm sure that there are various other programs and priorities that can be brought forth that would not have any legal constraints. And so it would just go through the normal process of proposing to council. We will evaluate if it's a majority of members who are interested in moving that forward. Of course, there will probably also have to be some type of budget uh, amendment to fund what that proposal is, but we're going to be looking at everything that we can that comes out of this particular task force. So I don't want to put a timeline on the work that they have to do because I know it's going to take some time, but I, I know that I'm committed the remaining three years while I'm on council. I'm sure the council members are as well, too, to keep this going every year uh, until this term is over. Uh, and the task force have to renew annually. So every year will be an annual report and the task force will, will be renewed annually. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we're also looking at other cities as well. So Ash, uh, I think it was Evanston, uh, Illinois has a program where they actually are doing $25,000 assistance for housing programs. Um, and so we're keeping our eye on what is happening and trending in other cities and locally and nationally. But I think all eyes are going to be on Detroit to see what we propose. And so we're excited about the work that they're going to do. Uh, these are the experts we appointed. I don't know, Lauren, if you all want to add anything, because you all have been doing a lot of research on... What's but going I've been on? working yep. with, there's a national, a, a national movement going on from a municipality standpoint. Evanston is the model. They the one created it, and so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's, why, that's how I feel. And now they got about five new cities coming to fruition, but Detroit was the first in, this, in the history to do a ballot initiative. That's never happened. So we got a leg up from that perspective. 
And I also just want to mention, too, uh, and I, I hope I have the support of my colleagues, I do plan on making some type of recommendation in this current budget that will be proposed for fiscal year 24, that we do allocate uh, some type of money to uh, the task force to do research. I was talking to Ms. Sydney Calloway here, uh, who talked about, you know, are we going to have any support to hire contractors, to hire for additional research that may be needed to support the work of this task force? So we don't want them just to get up and running without any support. They probably will need some financial assistance. And if you look at other cities around the country, uh, their cities have allocated funding to their task force to do the work. So I am looking forward to doing that as well. No, not, not at this time. I'm hoping that we can get some recommendations from the, the committee. I can answer that question. The majority of the council is right here. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure they yes. would agree if they will allow me to speak on their behalf. Amen. Your ask, Amen. we're going to say yes. Amen. And we're the majority. We women are the majority of the council. So yes. So yes, ma'am. Thank you, Member Calloway. Absolutely. All right, any additional questions? And we can stay after. All right, if not, again, we thank you again. Thank you to all of the city council members. Thank you to the uh, residents here, individuals that are serving. Thank you, Mother Watson. Thank you to our executive, executive committee. And we are excited about the work. Let's give everyone a round of applause. And everyone, God bless you all. Thank you so much.